A um, couple, couple weeks, or last week, I should say, I did an Instagram poll, and I asked um, everyone that follows me, so my mom and I guess a couple other people in church, um, you know, what are some negative stereotypes of teenagers? And uh, <laughs> so you guys are nervous. And all of your parents answered. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. No, uh, but for real, um, I got several answers back. We're going to put these on the screen, and we'll just kind of like look at these. Lazy showed up four different times. That's what that is. Like four different people were like lazy. Someone said lazy and unmotivated. Someone said irresponsible. Someone said disrespectful. Someone said moody. Someone said they only care about themselves, and someone said they're always on their phone. Um, Now, I want to like put your mind at ease. This isn't what people think about you. You know what a stereotype is? A stereotype is, is like, oh, all teenagers do this. And you're like, well, that's not exactly true. You know, like, and it's not, even if it's true, sometimes it's not always true of everybody. And so um, here's what's interesting. I, th- there's one response that's not on there that kind of punched into my soul. It's actually a student from the loop. And here's what they said. They think that we're antisocial and that we only care about our phones. And that was maybe, um, maybe because this was someone right in your age group who, um, who I know, who I, I read that and I kind of felt like, oh, that feels like there's some pain behind that statement. Uh, if I was to ask you, maybe this is dangerous, what you would say that you think people would say negative stereotypes of teenagers, what would you say? You could maybe raise your hand so that it's not all chaos. Like, here's what people think about teenagers. Act too soon? Like, without thinking, yeah? Slack off in class? Rebellious? Yeah. Okay. Stupid? Ooh. That, everyone felt that, didn't we? all just like, oh, that did. Does anyone else agree that, like, there's a stereotype that people think you're stupid? Can I ask you a question real quick, and then I'm going to ask. Hold on. Shh, shh, shh. I don't want to lose track here. Do people talk to you like you're stupid? Yes. And listen, I'm not asking who's saying it. I'm not asking who's saying it. Let's just, show of hands. Uh, there's more than one adult in my life that treats me like I'm stupid. Could be a teacher. Could be me. Maybe you're like, yeah, it's, it's you. I will say sometimes, maybe when I'm not disciplined, maybe that's something that I make you feel. And I hope I, hope I never do, but if I do, I'm sorry. Okay, so there's one. There was another one back here. I think Amira, yeah. Emotional, yeah. Okay, yeah. So I couldn't hear because there's a lot of whispering going on over here. Shh. Can you say that louder? Oof. Okay. The stats, the stats say, based on the research of your generation, 
is that success and achievement are the number one most important things to your generation. Procrastinators? Some of you are like, some of this is true, you know, like, you know, it, it is. Some stereotypes like, well, okay. And, and, that's, and that's okay. Reckless. Can't do anything right. Is anyone, do we need to open the altar up for prayer? Because this is starting to feel like, we're just, okay, Emma. Vain. Okay. There's some dudes and spend too much time in front of the mirror too. Charlotte? Selfish. Okay. We'll limit to a couple more. Overly emotional. Say that again. Too young to understand how. You're actually doing. You're oh. Come on, Junior. Do you want to teach? Because like this is good. Okay. One more. Yes. Self-conscious. Okay. Um, I want to do just because I'm having some fun here and I've got time. Um, can I have Eli and Nikki up here, real quick? I did not prepare them for this at all. Is Nikki in the? Okay, there she is. Okay, come on. Is this mic on over here? Can you grab this mic over here? Sorry, I'm like throwing and calling an audible here. Um, can you guys join me on the stage? You took the long route, the scenic route over there. <laughs> okay, so Eli, how old are you? 21. How old are you, Nikki? 25. Shh, okay, I'm going to need you all to stop talking in the crowd. You hear me? Okay, so I would be curious to know, so... A few years ago, and a little more than a few years ago, ladies first, ladies first, how about that? Or should we do 21 first because you're more recent? What would you say were the negative stereotypes of, like, your class? They're all the same ones that they were saying. All the same ones? Yeah. Lazy, all that kind of stuff? Yeah. Most of them were, like, they don't try hard enough. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. What about you? Um, I feel like the one for mine was just that kind of like you don't care about things that are important. Like you care about stuff that's not important mm-hmm. too much. Okay. Anything else while I have you up here? And then I'm going to bring an older generation up here. Ooh. Uh, In fact, Chris Dale, come up here. Chris Dale. He's older than 25. Yes. He's older than 25. That's what I'm older, getting after here. The older Are you older generation. than 25? Am I older? Than yeah. Older? See? Okay. I'm a whole teenager older than 25. Do you, you're a whole teenager older. Okay. You are 45? I'm 48. 48. Okay. So what shh, What? What year did you graduate high school? Ooh. Uh, you had to ask that. Here, so, step over here where the camera can see you. Ooh. Uh, so I'm on camera now. Uh, I got kicked out of high school in 1992. Man. Yeah. Do we share the testimony now? No, we don't. We just save it for later. Okay. All right. We're, I'll give you whatever you want. You ask whatever you no, want. No, okay, let's, let's do this. Um, do you guys want to hear his story? Yeah. Okay. Oh. Come back. Come back next week. <laughs> you think I'm kidding? I like that. I don't care. <laughs> you just watch the movies. It's like everything is in Infinity War and there's nothing in Endgame. Come on. You know, like, all right. What was like a negative stereotype? Of, of people in your class. We you were reckless. 90, you got kicked yeah, out 90s. in 90? Yeah, we were 92? reckless. I mean, I just think that, like, because it, it, your parents helicopter over you. Our parents were like, yeah. go. 
Come home we'll by just, sundown. Yeah, when the street lights come on, that just yeah. show back up. Yeah. And so, like, we were out doing all kinds of crazy stuff that we shouldn't have been doing. And so, there's we, we could have been a little bit more. Can I ask you, this is just maybe just a little fun for me. What, what kind of, like, music was popular when you were, like, in high school? Because that'll help me put me in an era of what I think. Nirvana, Pearl Jam. That yeah. was, like. What, grunge was really hitting. Yeah, grunge was right on, right in that time. Uh. We were kind of on the back side of New Wave, but grunge, yeah. Okay. So there was a little bit of, um, there was a lot of rebellion Oof. in that era. For me, for sure. <laughs> yeah. I graduated. Can we give him a hand? Or yeah, y'all put the mic back. Thank you. That's awesome. Thank you. Um, seriously, come back. If, if Chris will, will, will uh, do it, yeah, we'll, we'll share a little bit of Chris's story next week. Um, so I graduated high school in 2001, a little bit, a little bit later, and in 2001, um, there was a lot going on. So I say I ask about music first of all because I care about music. Second, none of this is in my notes, by the way. Um, so I, we'll see where this goes. But I feel like music tells a story about a generation and what they're about. Um, and so there was a very interesting era uh, popping off in the late 90s. And uh, it was, it was, it was a lot of rebellion. It was a lot of anti-establishment. It was a lot of, um, don't tell us how to live our lives. Um, and we're going to, um, you know, I would say even my, my high school years, there was kind of an eclipse of, um, there was actually a major event in culture um, that I don't even know if I want to talk about right now because it was kind of a, uh, no, that's, I mean, I'm not going to be motivated by you. Um, so sorry. Um, but there was a major event. There was a couple major events that happened. Um, Columbine was the first major school shooting that happened, um, in my high school, uh, my high school time, uh, my high school years. And then, um, so I'll just, Woodstock 99, was so Woodstock, the original Woodstock in 1969 was all hippies. Woodstock 99 was kind of a, a disaster. Um, it was um, it was tearing stuff down and it was fighting and it was hurting people and 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 so I say all that because listen, there's not a ton that's changed about what people think about teenagers and I think stereotypes can be very unfair now. Some of you are saying, like, would you just raise your hand if you're like, okay, like sometimes I look like the stereotypes on the screen. Anyone just want to be honest? Yeah, me too, by the way. Me too. Because there's always a time where I want to be lazy. There's always a time that I'm like, can someone else please do this thing that I'm responsible for? There's always a time that I, there's, there's sometimes in my life that I procrastinate. You know, there's all, all those things. But does it does it define me? Does it define you? See, here's what's interesting. You guys don't, I, I know like 39 years of my life is in the history books. You guys still have your future ahead of you. And so you get to kind of decide if you are kind of the rebellious one or if you're going to kind of go down go down a path. Now, I, I, because I love movies, I love music and I love movies, there's kind of two of my, kind of my, my favorite things in life. Um, I brought a couple of my favorite rebels that we find in movies, um, and you're going to be tempted to shout your favorite out, and you can just keep that to yourself. Um, but I, I'd like to bring a couple. This first one, I don't know if any of you, I'm just going to put it on the screen. Do so you guys know? Raise your hand if you know who this is. 
Okay, raise your hand if you're completely clueless right now. So some of you, okay, how many of you have read this book, The Outsiders? The Outsiders. I read this book in school, and it was about the first time that I read a book in school that I loved. It was about the first time. It was really good. So these guys right here, which by the way, if you're paying attention, almost all these guys are, have been at one point like at, at top billing in different movies. You've got, shh, you've got Tom Cruise. You've got Emilio Estevez. You've got Matt Dillon. You've got, I'm just looking through the, Patrick Swayze. You've got uh, Ralph Macchio. Anyone ever seen Karate Kid? Yeah, he's, he's there. So you got all these different guys. Forgive me, I'm, not, I'm blanking on some of the other names. But the interesting thing about this book is there's these two classes of people. There's the greasers, which are on the screen, kind of the guys that work on cars and they're not preppy. And all this. But then there's the socias or social people. And they're preppy and they drive like nice, pristine, rich people cars, Mustangs and things like that. And they like, it's essentially like a, a book about two gangs and they fight each other and it gets pretty violent but it always felt like the greasers were the ones that were rebelling because the socias were kind of like on track with like up and to the right and the these were the the kind of the down and outers um and so they they were rebels the second one is one of my favorite movies and one of uh, a lot of people's favorite movies is william wallace from braveheart anyone seen this movie this is rated r so maybe that shouldn't be a question oh no no, I've seen it on TBS, and there's no blood, and there's no curse. I don't know, you know. So anyway, this this guy, you know, there's. I mean, it's just incredible. It's just an incredible movie story about rebellion. And then um, you've got Katniss Everdeen. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna need you guys to bring Katniss energy to the gratitude song next week. Can we do that? Can we just like it's like. <sighs> so I again, I'm. I'm, it's much easier for me to like go watch a movie than read a book, um, and because I these these movies came out and I had quite honestly never read the books, but then I I read the books. Man, it's fantastic, and the story of rebellion, right, going against against kind of the 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 tyrants um, leading leading the nation, and then maybe most of all, most of all, the most famous rebel of all time. Luke Skywalker, right? Luke Skywalker. And so, now some of you, this is where, this is where some of you are like, um, the idea in my head has not been represented on the screen and like to shout it now. And I would just kindly, again, ask you not to. Um, so here's, let me ask you this. This is a serious question. Serious question. Um, you looking at these pictures on the screen and some of you, let me just ask this. Is, raise your hand if you've seen at least one of these movies. Okay. All right. A lot of us. So this is another one of those moments where I'm going to ask you to raise your hand and give a brief answer, not a paragraph long, but just maybe a little, a little phrase or a sentence. Is there a positive side to rebellion? Is there a positive side to rebellion? Tanner. Getting what you want. Okay. That sounds like selfishness and maybe negative, but maybe it's Oh, okay. All right. Keegan. Uh, getting your desired outcome. Charlie? Like standing up for what you believe in, Junior? Okay, Marn? Uh, helping people 
Okay? Okay, Isabel? Can, I'm sorry. Y'all got to help me out. Okay? Okay, Lincoln? Taking back what was yours, something that was taken. Anybody else? Um, yeah, Stella. Mm, interesting. These are fantastic answers. Um, I will tell you, I'm just reacting in the moment. There's a lot of getting what you want answers out there. Anyone want to talk about what's going on in our like hearts and minds that say, yeah, getting what we want is kind of a positive, negative. Can we talk about that for a second before we go into the Bible? Yeah, yeah. Junior, did you put your hand down? Okay. Ariel? Oh, sorry, Sydney? Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. It's good. Keegan? Okay, Junior, I'm going to go last one. Yeah, good. Okay, Chris, one more. Do you feel like that your parents or somebody doesn't understand what you want and you think you know better and so you're rebelling against what you want? Okay. So let me let me let me here's what I think that I want to I want to guide us down this path, okay? So we're in church. Duh. But wait for it. Um what is what is this what is our story? Our story as told in the Bible, and again, hopefully that none of this is a shocker, but our story is God creates the heaven and the earth, creates Adam and Eve, humanity come from, you know, we come from Adam and Eve, and does, does God care what we're all about? Does he care about that? Or is he just kind of disinterested? He cares, okay? Does, and I, I, I'm so not interested in you giving a church answer if you don't agree with it, okay? So if you're like, ah, I think I disagree. First of all, I mean, we don't have time to disagree for two hours because we've got to be out of here in about 15 minutes, but I would love to field some of these throughout, throughout this series. Does God give us purpose? Yeah. At least we see that expressed in Scripture. Now, are there massive disagreements about identifying our purpose rightly? Yes. Yes. 
And what's interesting, if you can just kind of walk this path with me, by the way, your parents did not hire me to like, like, hey, slip me a 20 and be like, make sure you tell my kid to start obeying. That's not what this teaching series is about, okay? But let me tell you something. This is, this is me telling you, I believe in teenagers, bless you. I believe that you guys have unbelievable potential. I'm not lying to you. That's not a lot. I didn't actually, that's not, that's not in my notes. It's just bleeding out of who I am. If you cut me, what comes out is Mark cares about the next generation. That's why I do what I do. Okay. So you're going to have to trust me when I say some hard things. What I think we need to navigate, I didn't plan for this, but that you might put yourself on the, like the judge throne on deciding what's good and what's bad. And therefore we rebel or we fight for justice in different directions. How many people are aware that there's some massive disagreements in culture about what's true and what's not true? That's like an easy one, right? Like, yeah, there are disagreements. Um, Those disagreements are going to escalate over the next two years as we approach another presidential election in America. And we're going to have disagreement again. And we're going to have to fight for unity again. But here's what I'm after. We're talking about, is there a positive side to rebellion? Yes. How do we identify what we're supposed to be rebelling against? Is there a positive side to rebellion? Yes, of course. Like, why do we love Luke Skywalker? Why do we love Katniss Everdeen? Why do we love, you know, because they're fighting, again, I think the greater good. They're fighting for the defenseless. They're fighting for people to have something that they deserve rather than to be, um, to live in a, 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 tyr- a tyrannical kind of nation. Does that make sense? Where things are, where they're oppressed. In the book of Romans chapter 12, we see Paul. This is a super familiar verse to church people. Um, We're going to read five verses. And there is a specific part in verse 1 and a specific part in verse 2 that I want to kind of elevate right now. They're on the screen. I appeal to you. This is Paul writing to the Roman church. I appeal to you or I urge you or I beseech you or I would love for this to happen by the mercies of God, to do what? To present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Let me just pause there for just a second. I'm begging of you that you would present your bodies as a living sacrifice. Now, think about who he's talking to. Think about the time in which he's writing, and he's going to be talking to people who are familiar with the sacrifice system from the Old Testament. Right? So what is, a, what is a living sacrifice? What is a living sacrifice? Hey, high schoolers over there. High schoolers. Can y'all chill? Thank you. Mm-hmm. Some more people, yeah. Okay, so a living sacrifice, here's what I'm reading it as, is it's not my will, but it's your will be done. That's, 
the, the prayer that we see Jesus praying in like Matthew chapter 6. He's teaching his disciples to pray. And he's saying, Father, right, not my will, but your will be done. Where else do we see that prayer? In the garden before Jesus uh, is crucified. Exactly. He's as, as so he's fully God and he's fully man. But the man side of him is nervous and he's approaching a violent death. And what is he saying? If there's any way for this cup to pass for me, or in another way, if there's any way for this to happen where I can just like, maybe I can just pay some, pay a fine, you know, can I just pay 30 pieces of silver and then salvation gets purchased for everybody? But then what does he say? But not, not my will, but your will be done. Verse 2. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. I love that. Do not be conformed to the patterns of this world or to this world. Be transformed. So here's where I want to, I want to look at these verses, all these three weeks, through the, the lens of like, okay, so what is rebellion? What is the positive side of rebellion? Are we just a rebellious generation? We don't care what our parents and teachers say. That's not y'all. It's just not. Are you there sometimes when you're in a bad mood? A hundred percent. Some of you can be in a bad mood and be very rebellious. But the positive side of rebellion, as a Christian, check this out. If you're a Christian, okay, let me go all the way back. Does God care about us? Does he have a passion and a purpose for us? I would answer yes. And we find those answers in scripture. P.S. If you're talking to your neighbor right now, this is not the time to miss it because I'm going to kind of set up the series right now. Here's what I'm after, okay? You've got patterns in this world. Do not be conformed to this world, but rebel. Go the other direction, okay? There's a, uh, the New Living Translation, uh, translate verse two. Um, I think it's up there. Don't copy the behaviors and the customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. And so there's a sense in which what Paul is saying to the Roman church is, it's very easy. And listen, he's writing to a group of people who had a very good reason to get in line and just copy the behavior and the customs of the world. Why? Because there was real persecution. They were facing death, right? They were facing uh, punishment, right? This is, this is not, like today, if you're like, I'm a Christian, someone might Oh, you're a Christian and you're stupid. Like, congratulations. It's not persecution. That's not really difficult in line with what has been happening in history. So what he's going to say is, don't conform. Don't copy. There's a sense in which he's saying, rebel. Now, what's the positive side of rebellion as far as it comes to culture? And I know some of you are like, is he trying to turn us into little warriors? No, 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 no. Listen. The warrior side, like, is, was Jesus a warrior? Could you classify him as a warrior? Um, he wasn't violent. What was he? What was Jesus' method? What was Jesus' words? You would do yourself such a, a huge service if you just read the words of Jesus for yourself. You know what Jesus said a lot? If you want to find your life, you've got to lose it. If you want to be... First, you have to be last. There was kind of an upside downness 
to Jesus' words. He wasn't like, let's take power. Let's put this person as Caesar. Let's take over. It's going to be the Christians warring. He, that's not Jesus. It's just not Jesus. If that's the picture that you have of Jesus, you're not actually reading the words of Scripture. But what does rebellion look like in Christianity? Here's what's interesting. In verses 3 through 5, it's going to continue. And it's going to say, For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to, but be humble, be express humility, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. And then verse 4 and 5 are going to kick us off into our series that we're going to be in for the next couple of weeks. For as in one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function, so we, though many, are one body in Christ, individually members of one another. You know what Paul is saying here is that the, the church is kind of like a body, okay? And there's got to be arms, there's got to be legs, there's got to be a mouth, there's got to be all kinds of different muscles and bones and tendons to make the thing work. Everyone has a different gift. Everyone has a different place and a role to fill in the church. You know what? There's things I'm not good at that other people in the church are good at. And if we use our gifts in a way to serve each other, what happens? We start to see a healthy body. What happens if my, so I, what happens if my fist decides, Ariel's going to laugh because I did this out in the lawn. What if my fist decides to start punching my face, Right? Like, I'm going to end up with a black eye. I'm going to, like, is that a picture of health? If I'm out in the lawn punching myself in the face, you're like, um, we need to find us a new student minister because this guy is cray-cray, right? Is that a picture of health? Okay, so let me ask this then. Then why do we do it as Christians hurting each other when we could be serving each other? I don't expect an answer. I do want it to wreck you a little bit. Why do we do things to kind of say, no, that's mine, no, that's mine, when Jesus is over here saying, don't think of yourself more highly than you ought. We're all one body, but we have different members and different jobs and different gifts. Some of you are going to be absolutely amazing leaders in the church later on in life. Some of you are doing that right now. Some of you serve in our next gen. Some of you serve serving coffee, holding doors for people, in kids ministry, preschool. Some of you go on mission trips. I was talking to somebody on Sunday, and I was talking about the mission trip that our high schoolers go on, uh, 10th through 12th graders specifically, called Rushmore. And it's all about going to serve church planners in New York. And they said, so when is it? And I said, well, it's on spring break. And there was just kind of this moment. It's like, oh, so like I have to give up my spring break. I was like, yeah. It's, I know that's kind of tough. Because it's like you're one little oasis in the middle of the spring semester to sleep in and be lazy and whatever. But what would happen if you saw what you had and said, I want, I want to use the gifts that I have to go serve somebody else who needs it? You have these opportunities left and right. I have a ton more things to say, but I'm going to try to boil it down into a sentence. I want to challenge you in this series to be rebellious enough, this will be on the screen, 
to stand out from the crowd. And I want, I don't need you to take a bullhorn to school and be like, you need to be a Christian. I'm not sure that's the right path. You know, and standing out from the crowd, if you use, I love you, I'm not saying you're stupid, but if you use your judgment to just like, okay, how am I going to stand out from the crowd? And then you kind of just go nuts with that. (laughs) Don't, you know, maybe use exercise some wisdom and judgment in how you do that. But you know what standing out from the crowd looks like in this culture? Not fighting to be seen. Not fighting to need all the likes. Not fighting to need all the followers. Not fighting to have all the attention on you. You know what rebellion would look like in your generation? For someone to say, you know what? I actually don't believe everything, all the lies that culture's telling me. I just don't. That would be rebellion. Now, this is like expert level teenager life because you probably just had a little shrill of fear go up your spine when I said that. What would it look like for you to say, you know what, I know that this is a popular opinion, but I'm a Christian and the Bible says this is true, so I'm not going to waver from that. That's terrifying for some of us. It was terrifying for me as a teenager. But I got to tell you, I think the way of Jesus says we got to rebel a little bit against the, the direction that culture's going. I mean, for Pete's sake, one of the words that Jesus used most was repent. You know what repent means? There's like this image of you're walking this way, and all of a sudden you're going to start walking this way. I was living in a sinful, sinful behavior, sinful life, but I'm going to pursue righteousness. I was walking according to the flesh, but now I'm going to walk according to the Spirit. And listen, culture is never going to be like, yes, please, like be a Christian, like read the Bible, memorize Scripture, live a Christian life. Culture is never going to like amen that. You're never going to stand up and get an award for that in like some, some public arena, you're probably going to have it happen inside church, but you're going to go outside the four walls of the church and it's going to be war. And so I know it's scary. I don't want to lie to you. I think something has happened to your generation or the generation just ahead of you is that we graduate and it's like, oh, this is like scary. Yeah, it was scary for Jesus. It was scary for the disciples. I actually feel like it was a lot scarier for them than it is us. We live a pretty cush little life. Like, yeah, it's kind of soft. I don't want to, like, hate speech. Ah." (laughs) You get to decide where you land on this. This is where we're going to be for the next three weeks. We're really talking about serving, and we're going to talk about this worship. Okay, so do not be conformed but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. This is your spiritual act of worship. What does it look like for you to worship? It looks like for you to not look like the world, run away from that, and to be transformed by the renewal of your mind. And at the end of all that, you'll find out if you're like really truly following Jesus or not. And like I said, over the next two weeks... Um, We're going to share some stories about what that looks like practically for you. I really want to make it clear and obvious, okay? Pray for you. Heavenly Father, thank you 
Lord, you say in your word in Matthew 28 that there's this job that we're supposed to do by discipling and by teaching and by baptizing. But then there's just this reminder that I love that, that you say that we're not alone. And so for those of us that are like, ah, this is really scary. I don't know that I like the idea of this rebellion going against the stream of culture. Lord, I just ask that you would give us comfort in that. You say that you're not going to leave us alone, that you're going to guide us through your Holy Spirit. I pray that you would assist in the ways that I could never do. Lord, do the thing that only you can do in helping our students grasp onto that. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Hey, real quick, before you go, 60 seconds, I want to tell you about an opportunity to be a giver and not a taker in this season. Like I said, in two weeks, or like Nikki said, in two weeks, we're going to have Friendsgiving. Um, and we thought, oh, let's have all the teenagers bring like food and we can all share in a potluck. And honestly, that felt a little dangerous. <laughs> we're getting a lot of like Cheeto pastas, you know, like, yeah, I crunched up Doritos Locos Tacos and put it on Alfredo's. And, yeah, I don't know. That sounds great, right, Keegan? But yeah. So here's the deal. If we can just put the image on the screen of the Star of Hope, I think there's two. And so um, we are going, listen up, we are going to do a drive for Star of Hope, which is going to serve the homeless in Houston. And so on the 16th in two weeks, not, I mean, if you bring something next week, we'll hold on to it for you. So if you want to bring something next week, that's fine. But for sure on the 16th, we're going to do a drive of different items. Here's the items. We're going to be placing these on Instagram. And some of these items are like the absolute most needed items of the homeless community. And I think that this is an opportunity for you to say, yeah, you know what? This season can sometimes be about taking. I want it to be about giving. And I want to kind of rebel against this like selfishness. So um, here's what's going to happen. All of us, middle schoolers and high schoolers, are going to be able to participate in the drive. High schoolers, here's where I'm going to ask you to step up and be examples. We're actually going to go serve the homeless at a date that's yet to be determined in December. We'll talk all about that over the next few weeks. But for right now, everyone can participate in this drive. Like I said, it's going to be on our Instagram, on Facebook, at The Hub Siena, um, and we'll be talking more about it over the next coming weeks. So anyway, look for more information on that, but um, Friendsgiving two weeks from now is where all this culminates. Love you guys. You're dismissed. We will see you next week.